Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trainice McNeil. I'm your host for the evening. As always, it's a pleasure to be back before my Instagram audience, my Facebook audience. I'm so excited to be here once again, bringing forth empowerment, encouragement, and um, inspiring you guys to, to fulfill your God-given purpose. That is what that is what this platform is about. It's about empowering you guys to fulfill your God-given purpose in spite of our imperfections. Our imperfections are our weaknesses or those shortcomings that the world looks at um, to be something that will hinder us. But God looks at that thing and says, listen, I'm going to take your weaknesses. I want to take your imperfections and I'm going to make a platform, make a message out of those things. So that's what this platform is all about. And this um, over the past couple of months, we have been going over the I am series. The I am series has been a series full of affirmations saying that I am healed, that I am chosen, that I am, um, and we're talking about tonight, I am overcomer. We talked about last week about I am free. So just different affirmations for us to hold on to and to encourage us that in spite of what's happening in the world, in spite of what we have had to endure, that we are that we are who God says that we are and that we can do all things that through Christ that strengthens us. So I'm excited for um, tonight's particular podcast. And I am just, every time God just wows me with the revelation that he downloads into my spirit, I get excited to be able to come before you on a weekly basis and share with you that revelation and to encourage you to go back and read those um, passages of scriptures yourself so that whatever you know, God wants to reveal to you that he can do the same as well, because sometimes we can read the same passage of scripture and what God reveals to me, he might reveal something different to you. So that's what this is all about. We're going to say a word of prayer and then we're going to do a um, a quick review about what we talked about last week. And then we're going to continue on with tonight's series. So let's say a word of prayer with our hands lifted raised. God, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence First and foremost, Lord God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that that you truly just have your way. God, that whatever, God, you desire to take place tonight, that, Father God, that it would be just that. God, that whatever, God, you desire to say out of my mouth, Lord God, let me be your mouthpiece. Decrease me, Father, and may you increase heavily, God, throughout this podcast, Father. Holy Spirit, touch the hearts of those that are watching, those that are listening in the name of Jesus. Let their hearts not be hardened, God. May their ears be open, may their eyes be open in the name of Jesus, to be able to receive from you in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that, Father God, that this word does not fall on deaf ears, Father. Holy Spirit, that it truly penetrate their hearts in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, I come against it, Father, any technical difficulties I come against it, Father. Father God, any Wi-Fi shortages, God, I come against it, Father God, any distractions in the name of Jesus that may try to hinder your perfect will from being done throughout this podcast. I thank you, Father God, that most importantly, Father, that you get all the glory, honor, and praise, and that somebody's life should be changed, somebody should be healed, set free, and delivered, and their life will never be the same again. So God, I give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. We have been on this again, this I Am series. And what we talked about last week, our last topic last week was I Am Free. And for those of you that don't know what the series is about, I Am series is about empowerment, empowering us that um, 
to encourage us and to for us to get a better understanding of who we are in Christ. Because what we first had to learn about who I am is that is God's self-proclaimed name, self-given name, and whatever um, you use a sentence that has I am in it, it lets you know that this is what first and foremost who I am which is God, who God says I am. And then secondly, it lets you know that this is your present, your present tense, because I means is the, the word that you use for yourself, whether himself or herself. And then am is talking about your present tense, present indicative of be. So we're talking about I am, which means whatever sentence we use again is what we're, is what we're saying that God is um, saying about us or the enemy who is the counterfeit of God, who tries to be like God, he likes to feed into our minds. He likes to deceive us. He likes to manipulate us and give us negative things to say and say that I am poor, that I am ugly, that I am that I am not worthy. So the, the negative part of it is what the enemy feeds into our spirit. This is why we have to take back authority, that we have to use the authority God has given us and speak what God has said over our life, over our lives versus what the enemy has given us. So make sure that whatever you say out of your mouth, that you are using it in a positive manner because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So we have to be careful that what we say, because what we speak out of our mouth causes it to, to, causes it to be manifested into the atmosphere. So we have to be careful what we say out of our mouths and make sure that whatever we say, that we are saying what God says that we are and not who the enemy has tried to manipulate and deceive us into thinking that we are. So we talked about last week, I am free. And just to give you just a recap of what we talked about last week is that free means, free means release from captivity, confinement, or slavery. And we, when you are free, that means that you are no longer in confinement. And confined is the borders or boundaries of a place, especially with regard to their restricting freedom of movement. So you're thinking about confinement. You are, you have boundaries, you have restrictions. And so when we say that we are free, that means we no longer have restrictions. We no have no longer have hindrances. Anything that's trying to block us from fulfilling our God-given purpose, anything that's blocking us from going along the right path in God, anything that's blocking us from speaking the word, anything that's blocking us from walking in the fullness of God, those things, we are no longer have that on us when we declare and decree out of our mouths that we are free. So that is one thing that we talked about last week. We got into um, tools on maintaining our freedom because the thing is we receive our freedom through salvation. We talked about that, that when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that is the first step to re receiving our freedom. However, I used the example last week that it is easy, it's easy to get an A. Think about school, it's easy to get an A, but it's harder to keep an A. So it's easy for us to gain our freedom through salvation because we say that word of prayer, that salvation prayer, but then it's harder to keep our freedom. Why? Because we have to endure trials and tribulations. We have to endure um, people stabbing us in our back. We have to endure just the hardships of life and to be able to stand, to be able to stand for righteousness, righteousness, to be able to stand for holiness. That's difficult. And to be able to say, Lord, and in spite of what my flesh wants to do, I'm still going to walk and maintain this freedom. That's not easy. So those tools were, number one, prayer. Prayer is essential. Number two, 
To be obedient to God is important to maintain your freedom. Number three, be planted and rooted in the word of God. That is so important that you have the tool, the manual to help you maintain your freedom. Number four, forgive yourself. A lot of times we don't forgive ourselves and it hinders us from being able to forgive other people. God forgave us, therefore he um, requires us to forgive others. So we need to make sure that we love others as we love ourselves. Therefore, we have to forgive others as so that we can forgive ourselves. Forgive ourselves first and foremost. Because you don't forgive yourself, you won't forgive others. Number five, guard your gates. So that's your eye gates, your mouth gates, your ear gates, and your feet gate. Watch what you look at. Watch what you say out of your mouths. Watch what you listen to and watch where you go. That is so important to maintaining your freedom. And last but not least, accountability partners are so important when it comes to maintaining your freedom because they're going to hold you accountable for your actions. They're going to make sure that um, if you if they see you falling um, down the wrong path, they didn't say, hey, sis, like I see you slipping. Um, what's going on? Like, do you need me to pray for you? Do you need me to um, help you? Do you need me to take you to church if they see that you're missing from a certain Sunday, maybe a couple of weeks and you was faithful and then you go on a couple of weeks and you're not on vacation. So, so those people that's going to hold you accountable for your actions. So, those were the key points to be talked about last week. Um, I must move on because there's a lot for me to cover tonight. However, if you did not get a chance to watch last week's podcast, it is available to you on Instagram on our I Am Imperfectly Perfect Instagram page. It's also available on Facebook on I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated page and on our podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so many more. It is available to you. You can go back and watch the replay or listen to the replay as well. But for tonight, for tonight, hi, Melissa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. For tonight, we're talking about the topic of, and welcome to Myra on Instagram. We are talking about the topic of, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. And we're going to get into what overcoming, what being an overcomer means. We're going to talk about how to overcome trials and tribulations. And then we're going to get into rewards of being an overcomer. And I cannot wait to get to the rewards part. I cannot wait to get to the rewards part. But before we get there, we have to understand how, how can we overcome trials and tribulations. But the rewards part, I'm telling you. Like it will wow your mind, like where God led me to go in that in that um, part of this um, message. So I am an overcomer. That is our topic for the evening. What does overcome mean? Overcome means succeed. Two definitions I have for you: succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty. Succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty. And I know all of us can relate to this, especially with the recent um, trials and tribulations that we had to endure just with COVID alone. Just with COVID by itself, we had to endure financial hardship. We had to endure um, loss of loved ones and loss of friends and neighbors. We had to endure um, losing our jobs. We had to endure we had to endure these. We had to endure. Some people had to endure actually um, catching COVID-19 themselves. Businesses, small businesses, 
going under bankruptcy because they could not handle the weight. They couldn't handle it. Having to endure hardship. But this is the thing we're going to understand is with Christ, we are made overcomers. With Christ, we are made overcomers, which leads to my other definition of overcome is to gain the victory, to gain the victory. In other words, win or conquer, win or conquer. And there are a lot of um, versions that are in the word of God, um, such as the English Standard Version that in scriptures that I'm going to be reading tonight, that if you read the English Standard Version, they're going to say conquer versus overcome. So conquer and um, overcome are one and the same. One moment, guys. There we go. Um, conquer and overcome are one and the same. So to gain the victory, think about being in a boxing match. If you was in a boxing match with the enemy and you had your coach thinking about the Rocky, my husband, he loves the Rocky movies. And I've, I have to honestly say, I started getting into him myself and just thinking about Rocky, his, his coaches. I can't think of his name off the bat. However, his first coach um, that he had, um, he, he didn't, he didn't play no games. He didn't hold no punches. He let him know that, hey, if, if this way is not going to work in that way, he's let him know, listen, no, he gave him different corners. He gave him different strategies. So imagine our coach being Jesus Christ. Imagine our coach being the Holy Ghost. Coaching us on how to overcome, giving us strategies of, of when trials and tribulations comes our way, giving us strategies on what to do, on giving us strategies on what prayers to pray and which scriptures to read. Imagine having the Holy Spirit while we're in the boxing um, ring with the devil. The devil is talking trash and talking all the smack and throwing different things our way, throwing health scares our way, throwing financial scares our way. We have arguments with family members and it can't seem like everything is coming at us one, um, one punch after another. But all while this is happening, the enemy's like, duck, go left, go right, right jab, left jab, giving us all these pointers all of these scriptures, giving us strategies in the boxing ring. And then we get to a point where we got the enemy right where we want them. And in a position for a TKO, TKO is, a, is the knockout. And right where the enemy thought that he had, what I love about the Rocky movies, is that Rocky was very strategic. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I expect to go this way. But Rocky was very strategic. Is that Rocky had a, um, his strategy was to tire out his opponent. Ooh, to tire out his opponent. So if you watch Rocky, you will see that his opponent is, is hitting him. And it seems like Rocky's going down and his face is swelling up and he's hitting him from the to on the, uh, the sides of his body and he's and he's just messing him up and, it, and he even might even knock him down. But Rocky has strength. Rocky did not let himself give up. Anytime Rocky was knocked down, he 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 had a second win. 
He would hear his coaches in the background, Rocky, get up, Rocky, get up. His wife, Adrienne, coaching him on. He had all these people praying. Think about the, oh, you got all these people praying for you. You got these people interceding for you. Rocky didn't give up. When his opponent, Apollo, when his opponent thought that he had him, Rocky got back up. And he came with the right hook, the left hook. And then next thing you know, his opponent was not ready for it. Bow, TKO. His opponent couldn't even get up. Victory. Just when the enemy thinks he has you, just when he thought that he can bring temptation your way, thought that he can use your weaknesses to, to get back to betterment of you. However, the word of God says that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Talking about Jesus Christ, that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. That through that, even though we're weak, God will make us strong. So where the enemy thought that he had us. God said, no weapon that forms against you shall be able to prosper. We were built to win. We were built to conquer. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. All things through Christ that strengthens us. Yes, yes. Which one, which um, Rocky was there? I can't remember. I seen it, but I don't remember which one. Mr. T, he definitely fought Mr. T. I believe, don't don't misquote me if I get it wrong. <laughs> I believe it was what? Was that Rocky 3? It might have been Rocky 3 that he fought Mr. T. However, just thinking about that, just getting to imagine, imagine yourself. This is what we need. Ah, right. Okay, I got it. Thank you, cousin. Rocky three. Just imagine yourself. Imagine yourself being in the ring. When you're faced with trials and tribulations, imagine yourself being in the ring with the enemy. And it puts yourself in a position that I will not give up. And then my coach is the Holy Spirit. He's giving me strategies. He's giving me um, tools to use. That's in the word of God, which is our manual. Every player, no matter what sport they play in, has a um, playbook. They have strategies. They practice before they, this is why the, the Holy Spirit, we get discernment, general discernment. We accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We get general discernment to be able to know right from wrong. That's what discernment is. But as you develop your relationship, as you read the word of God, as you pray, as you worship the father, as you spend more time with him, your discernment increases. Therefore, the Holy Spirit, which is our direction, which is our uh, our coach. He's the one that Jesus left us with after he, he's now sitting in heavenly places before he comes back to get his, his, um, his bride, the church. He left us with the Holy Spirit. He gives us strategies. He let us know he comforts us. He gives us peace. Whatever it is we need, the Holy Spirit is there. He restores our soul. So overcome to gain the victory. Win, conquer. So what we need to get into, just imagine that. Keep that in your mind. As we learn about those strategies now, now I'm going to give you some strategies. How to overcome. How do we overcome trials and tribulations? Three things I'm going to give you. And it might seem like, it's like oh, only three. Those three things is big and filled with so much power. Number one, 
have faith. Have faith. That is the biggest one. Have faith. We are overcomers because we have faith and believe in Jesus Christ. We are overcomers because we have faith because what in Hebrews 11 verse 1, the word of God says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We have to have faith. Faith in who? Jesus Christ. That's what believing means. Believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Believe that he's our savior. Believe that he will get us through. Believe that he's our strength. Believe that we have victory because Jesus has the victory. And I and I overstepped my stuff. I didn't um, put the other uh, scripture here. I'm going to go back because I didn't even get there. Give me one second. I don't even sure if I even put it in here. But one moment. I want to make sure you guys have all the scriptures that's needed. I want to go back. John chapter 16, verse 32 to 33 in the Amplified Version. I'm going to show you that Jesus Christ himself is an overcomer. We're supposed to be like Jesus, right? So we have to understand that if Jesus is the overcomer, we are overcomers too. So in John chapter 16, verse 32 through 33 in the Amplified Version, it says, Take careful notice. An hour is coming and has arrived when you will all be scattered each to his own home, leaving me alone. And yet I am not alone because the father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me, is this the right one? Yes. In me, you may have perfect peace. In the world, you have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. So if Jesus has overcome the world, then we, the co-heirs of the throne, we, God's children, have overcome the world. We have to understand that if we're going to speak and if we're going to affirm ourselves and say who God says that we are, that if we're saying that we're overcomer, we have to actually believe. We have to actually believe what we're saying out of our mouths. We're speaking that thing into existence. We have to believe that because Jesus Christ has overcome the world, therefore I have overcome the world. That whatever the enemy tries to throw my way, it will not defeat me. No weapon that forms against me shall be able to prosper. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. And where I want to go to next is James chapter one, verse two through four in the Amplified Version. James chapter uh, chapter one, verse two through four in the Amplified Version, it says, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever, whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. What I love about the scripture, and it breaks it down, it says, going back to verse three, 
talking about trials and tribulations. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience. So through experience, our faith will be tested. How was our faith tested? Through trials and tribulations. Because again, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. How are we going to our faith be tested and in, in us to actually believe in things that we don't yet see yet and believe that, that those things are going to come to pass if we don't be tested, if we're not tested? If God says, Ooh, Sarabaya, if God says that I'm going to bless you with a business, the business, what if the business is not here yet, right? So we have to believe that if God says he's going to do it, that it shall come to pass. However, faith without works is, is dead. So we can't just say, okay, God is going to bless me in the business expected to come out of nowhere. No, we have to believe that if God has given us a word, if God has given us a promise, that faith, because faith is without works is dead, I have to do my part. I have to make sure I write the business plan. I have to make sure I what seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto us. Matthew 16, 33. Make sure I seek the Father first so that I know what my instructions are, so that I know what the vision are. Write the vision and make it plain, Habakkuk 2.2. 2. Make sure that I'm doing the necessary things so that I am in order. That my faith is lining up with the word of God. My faith is lining up with God's purpose for my life, that I'm not just doing what I would desire to do, what my own desires are, but I'm doing what the Father desires that the Father put in my heart to complete the assignments that he has given me to complete. What are we doing? Are we trusting God to get us through these trials and tribulations? Are we trusting in him? Because going back to James chapter one, in verse three, it's again, it says, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity. And inner peace, faith produces endurance. It leads us to having spiritual maturity. Imagine stuff as that boxer again, as if you were Rocky again. Every single match that Rocky had to fight, it caused them be, to be more mature. It caused them to be more mature. And Rocky IV, when he lost his first coach, was that Rocky? No, in Rocky III, I believe it's Rocky III, when he lost his first his first coach, and then Apollo ended up becoming his his coach after that. Apollo taught him new strategies because what his first coach taught him, he can no longer take him to another place. So now Apollo gave him new strategies. Yes, Rocky was strong, but he wasn't quick. He wasn't quick. He was able to knock him out, but he had to come a little differently if he wanted to be able to endure, if he wanted to have long suffering, if he wanted to be able to finish the race strong. He had to come differently. So his new coach gave him different strategies that be able to help him fight and win, conquer, have the victory. Verse four says, and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. 
Every single time we are faced with trials and tribulations, we need to give thanks unto God. I know it sounds crazy for me to say that out of my mouth. Why would I say something like that? Because again, yes, mommy, through our experience, our faith is tested through trials and tribulations. Every single time we have a trial or tribulation to face, this is an opportunity for us to prove to God that we are overcomers, that we are strong, that we are firm and steadfast, that we are immovable, that we will not be moved, that we will not be dismayed by what the enemy throws our way. We will be courageous, strong and courageous, like we talked about in Joshua 1 and 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not let ourselves be troubled. We must allow ourselves to not look at trials and tribulation as, oh, here we go again. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's easy because it's not easy. When you're faced with hardships and you when you seem like you're, you're especially when it comes to finances, and it's like, man, like I, I got bills, you know, coming left and right, and I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. And then if you look at it and say, wait a minute, this is an opportunity. For me to, my faith to be tested. This is an opportunity for me to prove to God that I trust Him. To me to prove to God that I have faith in Him. To me to prove to God that He's my provider. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That even though I'm faced with this trial in this situation right now, that I trust that whatever I don't see in this moment, even though I don't see it, I trust that God is going to provide. I trust that God is going to turn things around to work in my favor because I know what the word of God says. So I'm going to have faith. I'm going to have faith, which goes back to the first point that I said again, because I had skipped some things. Again, we're talking about how to overcome trials and tribulations. Number one, have faith. We are overcomers because we have faith and believe in Jesus Christ. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 through 5 in the Amplified Version, it says, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Jesus, the son of God, who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world. It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the son of God. So again, the word is saying that when we believe in Jesus, and what I love about in chapter in verse four, it says our continuing persistent, persistent, meaning that we're not giving up. Meaning that our faith will not fail. Meaning that we were to have consistent, persistent faith. And I have been watching the series with Transformation Church. If anybody's familiar with Pastor Michael Todd. And he's been on a series of crazier faith. And if you didn't get a chance to, to check out his series, Crazy Faith. Now he's on a series called Crazier Faith. That it's not just enough for just us. One of the things he talked about is not just enough for us to just depend on the faith that we had in last season. No, 
Every season requires for us to our faith to go higher and higher and higher than what faith we might have back then. God is requiring for us to go deeper. God is requiring for us to go higher in him. God is requiring for us to believe um, for him to do miracles, signs, and wonders. But if our faith does not match that, we will not be able to see it. We will not be able to experience all that God has for us. Our faith has to match it, match it. I'm talking to myself as well. It's a test every day to actually believe and actually allow myself to get out of my flesh and say, Lord God, if you said that I'm going to be a billionaire, if you said that I'm going to be wealthy, God, I believe. I have to see myself there. One of the things uh, Pastor Michael Titus says, you have to imagine yourself there. This is why I use that um, the illustration about Rocky is that imagine yourself being in a ring. Imagine yourself over being an overcomer. Imagine yourself. You have to see it because, again, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but evidence of things not seen. You have to use your imagination. Imagine yourself being in that position. Imagine yourself being an entrepreneur. Imagine yourself being healed. Imagine yourself being delivered. Imagine yourself being whole. Imagine yourself having the victory. Imagine yourself being there. Because when you imagine yourself being there, you start taking the necessary steps so that they are manifested in the natural realm because it's already done in the spirit realm. Because when God says that you are an entrepreneur, it's already done. It's only a matter of time for it to take place. You have to follow the instructions. You have to match your faith. Again, faith without works is dead. So God says, I already did my part. But I'm waiting for you to match your faith. What I already said and I already declared is already in the earth. But you have to prove to me that you believe. You have to prove to me that you trust me. You have to prove to me that you are ready for it. I'm not just going to give it to you. If I don't know that you're ready, if you don't prove to me that you're ready. You got to have faith. Number two, do not fear. Do not fear. In Psalms chapter 23, yes, Tamara, on earth as it is in heaven. I know that's right. Whatever, oh, Rabaya, on earth as it is in heaven. And whatever God said is in heaven, declare and decree that it would take place on earth. It's already done in heaven. But we have to declare and decree that it will be manifested on earth. God already has it done in the spirit realm. But do we believe that it's going to be manifested on earth? Psalms chapter 23, verse 4, Amplified Version, familiar passage. It says, even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me, my God, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort and console me. I love this. Because what David so eloquently described here is that even when I'm faced with trials and tribulations, even when I'm faced with um, hardship, even when I'm faced with those things, I'm not going to fear any evil. I'm not going to fear the enemy. I'm not going to let the enemy get the best of me. Why? 
because David said, for you are with me. He said, God is with me. God is there to protect me. God is there to guide me. God is there to comfort and console me. There's no need for me to fear. My God is bigger than any trial or tribulation. My God is stronger than anything. My God will get me through everything. I don't need to fear. I got the greatest coach that ever lived. The greatest coach. We have the greatest coach. God. Who left us the Holy Spirit. Our guide. Our comforter. We have the greatest coach. But we just got to be humbled and listen. Listen to the strategies. Listen to what God is telling us to do. Be obedient. Be obedient. So important. Do not fear. Thou shalt not have the spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. In another version, it says have sound sound mind. In another version, it says self-discipline. Because and what I love in that version, I, I don't know exactly what version it is right at this moment. Um, but what I love, I believe it's the English Standard Version. It's talking about sound mind, another version being self-discipline. It's saying that to have a sound mind is to have a mind that is peaceful, to have a mind that is under control because our thoughts can get the best of us. Our thoughts can run rapid. But if we have self-discipline over our thoughts, We have them under control, under subjection of God. That when the enemy tries to feed us with the spirit of manipulation, the spirit of deceit, the spirit of um, doubt and anxiety, when he tries to to try to get those things to overcome us, we will have self-discipline. We will declare and decree that we shall have a sound mind. A mind is under control. Thoughts are under control and surrendered unto God. Number three, how to overcome trials and tribulations. Walk in the authority God has given you. How are we going to expect to win the race, to win the fight, if we don't walk in the authority that God has given us? If Rocky was not confident in who he was as a boxer, as an athlete, he would have not won those matches he would have not won those matches because what good is it for our coach to coach us if we don't have the confidence and actually believe that we can win and actually apply those strategies to our lives The Holy Spirit is giving us play by play. But are you actually applying it to your life and walking the authority that God has given you and using it to be victorious? Using it to be victorious. Let's go to Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20 in the Amplified Version. The title says, The Joyous Results. 
Verse 17 says, the 70 turned with joy saying, Lord, even to even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. To tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. God has given authority to tread over serpents and scorpions, basically tread over the enemy and his little minions. They have no authority over us. We have authority over them. So use it. As my pastor has been talking about, use your kingdom keys, use those strategies, use the power of prayer, use the word of God, use it, walk in your authority, exercise your faith, use it, apply it to your life. Don't just hold on to it. God is not giving it to us for us to just hold on and to not do anything with it. Walk in the authority that God is giving you. So again, how to overcome trials and tribulations. Number one, have faith. We are overcomers because we have faith and believe in Jesus Christ. Number two, do not fear. And number three, walk in the authority God has given you. Now, what I want to get to now is rewards. Rewards given to an overcomer. Because if you follow those three things, and that's what the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying there's not more. Those are the three that God has given me. Something that's, that's very beneficial in our walk with Christ. But if you follow those things, nine rewards that the Holy Spirit dropped into my spirit as I was in my study time. All in Revelations. Rewards given to an overcomer. Number one, we'll, we will be able to eat from the tree of life. The tree of life, paradise of God. And what I love about this first one is that thinking about last week when I talked about how one of the things that um, God told. Uh, well, no, actually, that was something different. Sorry. Um, because. Okay, never mind. Anyway, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, get back to it. It says, we'll be able to eat from the tree of life, the paradise, which is the paradise of God. We'll be able to be in paradise. Revelations 2, verse 7, in the Amplified Version. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God. I will grant the privilege to eat the fruit from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The tree of life. Basically, you'll be able to have eternal life. What is the paradise of God? Heaven. Heaven is the paradise of God. If we eat the tree of life, that means we will have eternal life. 
Why? Because we are overcomers because this is, and these are rewards. All of these rewards that I'm revealing to you, these are rewards that are in heaven. I'm not revealing to you rewards that we're going to receive on earth because those rewards, okay, yes, we get the house, we get the car, and I'm belittling, belittling any of those things. But the rewards that I'm talking about as, as for you to be an overcomer, the rewards that are so great are in heaven. Some things you're going to be rewarded on earth, but your greatest rewards are not on earth. Your greatest rewards are in heaven. I can easily tell you, oh, God is going to bless you with that house and God is going to bless you with that car and God is going to bless you with more money than you, more that you exceedingly abundantly above all you can ever ask or think. I can easily tell you those things. But no, what are we going to receive when this life here on earth is over? What are we going to receive when we are seated in heavenly places with our Father? What rewards are we going to receive in heaven? Everything that we do on earth. We need to do it for the simple fact of what I'm going to receive in heaven. Why? Because that is my permanent home. My temporary home, our temporary home is here on earth. Those who are believers, those who accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Earth is not our, it's not our permanent home. Heaven is our permanent home. That is what I look forward to. Is that what I have done on earth? Is it pleasing to my father? What I've had, what trial, the trials and tribulations that I have in, endured on earth, is it pleasing to my father for me to receive the rewards in heaven, which I will have lived eternal life, eternal life, meaning forever. When this life is over, we will live forever in heaven. Forever it has time is no longer in existence. Forever, eternity. So number one, we'll be able to eat from the tree of life, paradise of God. Number two, we will not be hurt by the second death. We will not be hurt by the second death. And you probably like, Trinise, what do you mean by second death? When did we die before? If you were listening or watching last week, is that when Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God, when God told them, thank you, Holy Spirit, I knew the reason why I was trying to bring it up. But anyway, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, God told Adam specifically to not eat from the tree of knowledge of tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said, you can eat from any other tree, but that tree, tree of knowledge of good and evil, you cannot eat from. He allowed his wife to uh, convince him to eat from that tree. The enemy convinced Eve. She Eve convinced her husband, Adam. But even though the, even though um, Eve disobeyed, God gave the instructions to Adam. So when he ate, they surely died. Their what what died? Their flesh. What died? Their flesh died. Our spirit man is able to live forever through salvation. Through salvation, our spirit man is able to live forever. 
because we accepted Jesus Christ because Jesus took the keys from the enemy. He took the keys from the enemy when he died on the purpose of him dying on the cross for our sins and so that we, he can take life. He can take, take it from the enemy so that we may accept him as Lord and Savior. We are now giving eternal life. Our spirit man, our soul lives forever. So that first death was our flesh dying. This is why when we, when we, when we die, our flesh is no more, but our spirit will live. The second death, what is the second death? Revelations chapter two, verse 10 through 12 in the Amplifier version. It says, fear nothing that you are about to suffer. Be aware that the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested in your faith. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. Be faithful to the point of death if you must die for your faith. And I will give you the crown consisting of life. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the son of God will not be hurt by the second death. What is the second death? The lake of fire, hell. Because listen to what the word of God is saying. It's either when this life is over on earth, you will either go to heaven or hell. And what I love about this passage of scripture that it keeps saying, he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the son of God. We must believe that Jesus is the son of God, the savior, the Messiah. If you do not believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he is Lord and Savior over your life. Sad to tell you that you will experience the second death, which is the lake of fire in hell. But this is why you're watching tonight so that you have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which we will do before this podcast is over. You will have that opportunity. So we will not have to experience that second death. Number three. Rewards given to an overcomer, hidden manna, and a new name will be given to those who overcome. I'm telling you, I was wild. Like I've read, I never was the one that stayed away from Revelations. I kind of geared towards it because I thought it was just fascinating. Um, I, I love Revelations. But reading it again, I'm like, wow, just really, really getting into it. Number three, hidden manna and a new name will be given to those who overcome. What is manna? So I'm going to get to the verse in a second. In Revelations 2, verse 17. Manna is... Divinely supplied spiritual nourishment. Manna was given to the Israelites during the, the in the wilderness once he freed them from um, slavery from um, from Egypt, and they were in the wilderness and they had um, they didn't have natural food and they were lacking water. God provided manna 
divinely supplied spiritual nourishment. And it says in the word of God that manna looked like carrying, like I was made out of coriander seed. And it looked like it was wafers that was um that was glazed with honey. And he supplied that so that it came straight from heaven. It didn't come from the ground, it came from heaven. But in a simpler terms, in another uh, instance, manna means portion, dose, or ration. Hidden. I and mean, what I love about all when God said that we didn't know about manna that no one has uh, has any knowledge of, cannot find. It's hidden until uh, until. It's time for it to be revealed. <laughs> it's hidden until it's time to be revealed, until we're ready to receive that manna. I love it. So let's go to Revelations 2, verse 17, Amplified Version. It says, He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the son of God. To him, I will give the privilege of eating some of the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone with a new name engraved on the stone, which no one knows except the one who receives it. He will have a new name. So your name is not going to be Tamira. Your name is not going to be Melissa. Your name is not going to be um my mom's name is Denise. Your not your name is not going to be Nikita. Your name is not going to be Catherine. Your name is not going to be Martin. God's going to give you a new name, and the only person is going to know it is you. God's going to give you a new name. Going to give you a new name. Again, it says some of the hidden manna and I will give him a white stone with a new name engraved on the stone, which no one knows except the one who receives it. How powerful is that? If God just comes to you and give you your name and only you want to know your name. It's exclusive. It's exclusive only for you to know. Only for you to know. I'm telling you, that is just like, I'm like, wow, God, I'm so excited to get there. It's still more, more work to be done, but I look forward to the day that God gives me my new name. Why? Because I have chosen to overcome. I have chosen not to allow myself to be um, defeated. I have chosen to make sure that I have, that I gain my victory, that I win, that I conquer. That I do not look at my trials and my tribulations as a sign of defeat, but I look at my trials and tribulations as a, as a test of my faith in God. That I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That no weapon that forms against me shall be able to prosper. I am more than a conqueror. Ooh, sarabaya. Hidden manna and a new name given to those who overcome. My God, so powerful. And again, that was in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. Number four, we're talking about rewards. For those of you just coming in, we're talking about rewards um, given to an overcomer. And let me put this, um, 
this topic here, for those of you that don't know what tonight's topic is, it is I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. So going back to it, rewards given to an overcomer. We're on number four, and that is we have authority and power over the nations. We will have authority and power over the nations. You might be like, you already told us that. No, no, I didn't. What I talked about earlier is having authority over serpents and scorpions. No, God says we will have authority and power over the nation. So let's go there. Revelation chapter 2, verse 26 through 29 in the Amplified Version. It says, and he who overcomes the world is going to keep saying this. And just to backtrack a little bit, this what I'm reading in Revelation, going to be Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3. This is the messages that God gave to the seven churches. That God gave to the seven churches when in your own time. Start from Revelations 1 and work your way to Revelations 3 so you can really read in detail of the messages he gave to each church. All right, go back. Verse 26 in Revelation chapter 2. It says, And he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, and he who keeps my deeds, doing things that please me, thank you, Holy Spirit, until the very end, we got to endure to the very end. We can't allow these trials and tribulations to get the best of us and say we give up in the middle. What if you get up and give up in round one? Or what if I believe that um, boxing matches, they can go up, I think now maybe to, to uh, round 12 or maybe to round 16, whatever it is. What if you get to, say it was 12 rounds, what if you get to the 11th round and you almost there, and you say, you know what? I give up. You throw in a towel. You're almost there. But you decide to throw in a towel and you allow the enemy to get the best of you. That's That looks foolish. It is foolish. To endure round after round after round after round and you get to the 11th hour Woo, thank you holy spirit and you say you know what i can't do this no more god want me to tell you that you're almost there you're almost there stay in the race Stay in the ring. God is going to help you. God is going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the strength that you need to finish the race, to finish that boxing match. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Going back to the scripture, it says again, and he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the son of God and he who keeps my deeds doing things that please me until the very end. To him, I will give authority and power over the nations. And he shall shepherd and rule them with a rod of iron as the earthen pots are broken in pieces, as I also have received authority and power to rule them from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the spirit says to the churches. Whew. God says, I'll give him authority. And Jesus says, because I have authority, whoo, because I have received authority and power from my father, 
you too my co-heir because we are we learned in the word of god that we are co-heirs to the throne we are co-heirs with who jesus christ jesus christ is the heir to god's throne we are co-heirs why because we are children of god jesus is the son of god therefore we are god's children therefore we are co-heirs therefore whatever jesus received from our heavenly father therefore we shall too <laughs> therefore we shall too but we're not going to get it until this life is over we're not going to receive it until we overcome and finish the race that we have been assigned to we got to endure. We got to hold on. My God. This is so, I pray that you guys have been blessed so far. I got five. I got five more. I just need y'all to hold on. Hold on. Five more. Rewards. Rewards given to an overcomer. Just talked about authority and power over the nations. Number five. We will be dressed. Woo in white clothing and our name will not be blotted out the book of life the book of life what is the book of life the lamb's book of life the name our name will not be blotted out of book of life meaning that we will have a permanent place in heaven that our name will not be blotted out that it can't be erased. It can't be erased. And you're like, why is that important? Because while we still are living on this earth, there's still a chance for our name to be blotted out. If we don't believe in Christ, if we are not living the life that he has instructed us to live, if we are not being obedient to him, Those who are so sure that they are going to be there. Their name is going to be in their book. And God is like, depart from me. I never knew you. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in that number. Number five, it says, we'll be dressed in white clothing and name. Why white clothing? Because white is a, is a color, meaning of purity. Purity, clean, pure. And our name will be blotted out, will not be blotted out the book of life. Revelations chapter three, verse five through six in the Amplified Version. It says, he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the son of God would accordingly be dressed in white clothing. And I will never blot out his name from the book of life. And I will confess and openly acknowledge his name before my father and before his angels, saying that he is one of mine. Oh, Jesus. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the spirit says to the churches. What I love about verse five, it says, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. And I will confess and openly acknowledge his name before my father and before his angels and saying that he is mine. Jesus will say that he is mine. He will acknowledge who we are to the one, the creator of all things and say that they are worthy 
to wear this clothing. They are worthy to wear this robe. They are worthy to have their name in the book of life because they have overcome. They have endured. They have conquered. They have been victorious. Jesus, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I look forward. I look forward to being dressed in white clothing. I look forward. And they're talking about our natural self. We're talking about our spirit, man. That's what we're talking about. The life that we will live eternal, eternally in heaven. Number six. We will be made a pillar in the temple of God. We will be made a pillar in the temple of God. What is a pillar? So I got the definition in the web, the Webster's definition, definition, I didn't put it in here, but Webster's definition says a firm, upright support for a superstructure. You think of a pillar. You think of um, those who uh, study um, art history. And you think of just the Roman uh, Rome, um the Roman uh, temples and the the Greek temples and just their uh, architecture in general, they have were made of pillars. Pillars were strong. And even thinking about the word of God, that when uh, Samson was put, when he was um, he, he was um, had his uh, Lord help me, Holy Spirit. He had his um, oh my Lord. He was tied to there we go. He was tied to the pillars. But God gave him strength to push them down. When that was that was seen as he was seen as strong because pillars are strong. They are made to be firm. They are made to be steadfast. They're made to be immovable. That any building, any piece of architecture that has pillars, it is not easy for them to fall. Those type of um, architecture pieces are meant to live or be built for to live stand forever. So for us, for God to say that he, we're going to be made a pillar in the temple of God. In other words, God is saying that we are going to have a permanent place in heaven. A permanent place in heaven. The temple of God. That we will not be moved. That we are seen as being reliable, that we are seen as being strong, that we are seen as being consistent, that we are seen as being um, firm and steadfast because we fought the good race, because we fought the good fight. We will be made pillars in the temple of God. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 12 through 13. It says, he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the son of God, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will most certainly never be put out. That lets us know that we have a permanent place. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God and my own new name. Woo! Jesus even getting a new name. My God, verse 13 says, he who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the spirit says to the churches. Whew, we won't be kicked out. 
We won't be kicked out because we endure. When, when we get our new names, when we get all these rewards, this is final. God is making this final. That's why we need to take advantage of what the time that we have left on earth. Because when this life is over on earth, there's no more time. The longest you have, my pastor mentioned um, earlier on Sunday, as long as you have breath in your body, there is still time to get right. There is still time to get the work done. There is still time to fight the good fight of faith. There is still time. Don't give up. Number seven, our reward seat. We will get a seat in heavenly places with Jesus. We will get a seat in heavenly places with Jesus. Thank you, mommy. We will get a seat in heavenly places with Jesus. The dan- the song that I danced to, uh, me and my fellow co-laborers in Fire on the Altar, shout out to the wonderful dance ministry of the River Church, is that we dance to the um, glory to the Lamb. And the first part, is um seated in heavenly places is the first part of that song and what jeffrey golden who is the singer one of the things he mentioned is that we had the most prestigious seat in heavenly places that prestigious means that you have your own seat you don't have to share with nobody you don't have to be so you know you have like you go to somebody's house and it might not be enough chairs and they might have you know one one big chair and maybe you and two other um two other people have to share it and maybe one of your um your butt cheeks be hanging off and you just know prestigious means that it is only yours that nobody else can sit in that chair but you, that you have your own spot. You don't have to share with nobody. Why? Because they didn't walk the journey that you walked. They didn't have to endure what you had to endure. They didn't have to overcome what you had to overcome. No, honey, you got your own seat in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. You don't got to share that. We have the most prestigious seat in the kingdom of God. In heavenly places, seated with who? Jesus Christ, the one and only Savior, ruler, King of kings and Lord of lords. We got a seat. We have a seat, y'all. My God. Revelations 3, verse 21 through 22. And the Amplified Virgin says, he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the son of God, I will grant to him the privilege to sit beside me on my throne. I'm here so excited. I will grant him the privilege to sit beside me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down beside my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the spirit says to the churches. Jesus said, because you overcame, because you believe that I am Jesus, the son of God, because you overcame, I am giving you a seat right next to me. You, every 
single person that overcomes, every single person, believer that has believed that Jesus is the son of God, has accepted him as Lord and Savior, have overcome trial and tribulation after trial and tribulation, have had faith and not been moved, have not been defeated. You will have a seat in heavenly places right next to the one who saved you. Why? Because he said, my father gave me a seat next to the throne. Therefore, co-heir, you will have a seat next to me. Whatever my father has given me, you will have too. I want us to really understand that, that when we get our rewards in heaven, whatever God has given Jesus, we will have too, because it says that we are co-heirs to God's throne. So whatever God has given his son, Jesus Christ, he will give us too, children of God. Are we not excited yet? Are we, are we just, I mean, is it just me? Like, I'm just like, to really understand and get my mind wrapped around that whatever God has given his son, Jesus Christ, being as though that I am a co-heir to the throne of God, I'm going to receive those same rewards. I'm just like, God, this is so dope. Like, so dope. We have a seat in heavenly places right next to Jesus, our own seat. Whoo, two more, two more, y'all. Number eight, there will be no more crying, no more death, no more sorrow, no more anguish or pain in heaven. No more. We don't have to worry about none of that. It's done with. Finito. Finish. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 through 4 in the Amplified Version. It says, And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will live among them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be death, there will no longer be sorrow and anguish or crying or pain, for the former old order of things, excuse me, for the former order of things has passed away. No more crying. No more death, no more sorrow, no more anguish, no more pain, no more. All of it will be passed away. Why? Because newness, new life, new life shall fill heavenly places. Ooh, sarabakaya. Ooh, sarabasi. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, mommy. Praise God for your own seat. Jesus, Jesus. No more crying, death, sorrow, anguish, or pain in heaven. I don't know about you, but I look forward to that. I look forward to that. Last one. Number nine. We will have the fountain of the water of life. When I read the scripture, you want to understand what that is. Revelations chapter 21, verse 5 through 7. It says, And he who sits on the throne said, 
Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, right, for these words are faithful and true. They are accurate and corruptible and trustworthy. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who thirsts, I will give water from the fountain of the water of life without cause. He who overcomes the world by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior will inherit inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. So the fountain of the water of life, what is that? The fountain of the water of life cleanses, refreshes and restores our soul and spirit. Who is it? The Holy Spirit is the restorer, restorer of our soul. Woo. The fountain of water, it cleanses us, it refreshes, it restores our soul. We will no longer have blots or blemish. We will no longer have anything that is unclean, no longer have any sin, no longer have any of that. Why? Because now he said, because the word of God says again, it says in verse six, it says to the one who thirsts, I will give water from the fountain of the water of life without cost. Jesus already paid the price. So we don't have to pay anything. Our soul is refreshed, restored. Whew. Jesus, Jesus. And what I, what I love about the word restore is that when you use the word restore, even use re, that means again. Re means again. That you are restoring means that you're bringing um, back something that once was. So God's restoring Sarabakaya, our soul, restoring our soul and our spirit to what it once was before disobedience came into play before Adam and Eve disobeyed God. This is what we had. Our soul and our spirit, it was cleansed. It was clean. It was pure, as we learned about last week, that before they disobeyed God, it was they was pure. They were innocent. They were clean. They, they had no knowledge of the difference of, of good and evil. And God's saying, now, whoo, the fountain of the water of life, I am going to restore. When this life is here, it's over. I'm going to restore your soul and your spirit. That what Adam and Eve had had um, experienced before they disobeyed me, you will experience again. You are going to be restored because you overcame. Because you overcame, because you stood, because you fought, because you did not give up, because you did not throw in a towel. Children of God, son, daughter of God, you will reap the rewards in heaven if you fight the good fight of faith. If you don't give up, if you hold on a little while longer, if you are not aware, this life on earth is almost over. We are in the last days. We are in the last days. No man knows the hour or the day. No man knows the hour of the day when Jesus Christ will come back for his bride. But 
if you read in Revelations and look at the signs, look around you, look at things that's happening around you, we're in the last days. So it's important that we take full advantage of why we still have breath in our body and make sure that we are believing in Christ, that we are following his, his directions, that we are following his um, plans and purpose for our lives, and that we're not allowing ourselves to be bamboozled by the enemy. Don't let yourself be conformed by the ways of this world. We are meant to be set apart. We are meant to, to stand for righteousness. We are meant to stand for holiness. We are meant to show the world, to show the world how we fight. There are people that allow um, this uh, coronavirus and this COVID-19 to get them down. To, and people are committing suicide and people are murdering people because they, can, they can't handle the pressures that, that, that this virus and just the, the trials and tribulations have brought towards them. And they're like, how, how, how they look at us as believers and say, how, how are you able to get through this? You went through the same thing as me. You lost your job. You lost loved ones left and right. How were you able to stand? How were you able to move forward? Because I have Jesus. Because my faith is not in man. My faith is in the one who saved me. My faith is the one who died for me. My faith is the one who protects me. The one who provides for me. The one who keeps me. The one who's restoring me. The one who loves me. The unconditionally, in spite of my flaws, in spite of my imperfection. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Holy Spirit, my director, my coach, my guide. I don't put faith in man. So what the enemy may throw at me and may think that it might get me off of my rocker, may, may make he may think that it might get me out of the ring. What little does he know? The test of my faith produces endurance. Therefore, it produces me to be spiritually mature. So what I may not been able to handle in one season. Guess what, honey? Try to come again, because trust me, I'm coming with a different strategy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit already given me tools to be able to stand, tools to be able to stand firm and steadfast, to hold on and use the strategy, use my kingdom keys, use the word of God that he has given me to overcome strongholds, to overcome every trial and tribulations you throw my way. Say it. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Say it in the chat. I am an overcomer. Another affirmation to add to our role, role in the deck. Is I'm saying it right? Lord have mercy. Another affirmation to add to our list. Add it. Write it in a post-it note. Put it on your wall. I am an overcomer. Whatever God throws my way, whatever God allows me, Rolodex, thank you, mommy. <laughs> whatever God throws my way and allows me to be able to be tested on, I will look at that testing and trial and say, you know what, Lord? I know that you're only allowing me to go through this thing so that I 
can my my faith can be tested and so that I can grow spiritually and so that I can depend on you. That's what COVID-19 did for the believers. It really, God allowed it to happen to test of our faith, to test that when we lost our job, were we going to believe that God was going to be a provider, that we were going to be able to gain more money in, in our lifetime than we ever experienced. If God, ooh, businesses coming out from left and right because they believe and God gave them strategies and God gave them blueprints and business plans and God said, do you believe who I am? I, you say it out of your mouth, but do you actually believe? Do you believe that I'm going to get you this trial? Do you believe I'm going to get through this tribulation? I know you had to endure um, uh, family members dying left and right. I know you had to endure those things, but you believe that I'm still sovereign. Do you believe that I'm still in control? Do you believe that I'm a healer? That even though it may have affected one person, do you believe that I'm going to heal someone else? Do you believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? Yes, I love it. I am an overcomer. Hi, Jared. I am an overcomer. Melissa, I am an overcomer. We are. But before I am, I'm going to go over these, these uh, points again. Rewards to... to Rewards given to an overcomer, excuse me. We will be able to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. Number two, we will not be hurt by the second death, which is burning in hell. Why? Because we didn't believe that Jesus Christ was our Lord and Savior. Number three, we will be able to experience hidden manna and a new name will be given to those who overcome. Number four, we will be given authority and power over the nations. Number five, we will be dressed in white clothing and our name will not be blotted out the book of life. Number six, we will be made a pillar in the temple of God, meaning that we will have a permanent place in heaven. Number seven, we will have our own. We learned that we have our own exclusive seat in heavenly places. My God. Sit it right next to Jesus. Number eight, there will be no more crying, no more death, no more sorrow, no more anguish or pain in heaven. And number nine, we will experience the fountain of the water of life, which we learn is the fountain of water of life. It cleanses and refreshes and restores our soul and spirit. God will restore our soul. I pray that everybody was blessed and encouraged by this word, by this revelation that God downloaded into my spirit to share with you guys tonight that you truly believe that you are an overcomer, that whatever you are experiencing in this season, God only allow it to happen to test your faith. And I encourage you to seek the Father, say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in a season? Anytime that I'm faced with things that seem like it's hard, like, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in a season? What is it that I need to learn? And when you go to the Father and he would give you the strategies, he would give you the things that you need to do. He would give you, let you know if you need to fast a little more, let you know if you need to pray, increase your prayer life so that you can be spiritually equipped for what lies ahead of you. 
That is so important. So overcomers, it's time to get back in the race. It's time to get back up. Don't allow yourself to stay down and allow the enemy to defeat you. No, get back up. Put your dukes up and fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To God be the glory. God, thank you for this word. Thank you, God, for everybody that is watching tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, that they received it. God, that they were truly received what you had to say. And God, that it take heed to the strategies. Take heed that Father God and actually um, wrote down the rewards that Father God, something to look forward, some things to look forward to, God. And when we get into heaven, Father, Holy Spirit, God, give them strength, God, to fight. Give them strength to stand. Give them strength, that Father God, to endure. That Father God, all that's coming their way, Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit spirit, God, that they would continue to God to be unbelievers, continue to um to be set apart, God, and to continue to be examples to the world and not be conformed to the ways of the world, but be examples to the world, the Father God, and show them, God, and show them what they're missing. Show them they're missing the true and living God. Show them they're missing Jesus Christ, who is the Lord and Savior, the one who died for our sins, the one who made us whole, the one, the one who kept us every step of the way. Holy Spirit, we thank you for keeping us, for covering us, and for loving us, God. We thank you, God, and we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And before I go, I do want to offer the call, the gift of salvation to those who don't know Jesus. And if you're watching this in this moment and you say, you know what? I want to, those rewards that you were talking about, I want to receive those rewards. I I want to receive that. You're like, how, how do I get a part of that? How do I receive the, the, the life? How do I receive and have my name put in the Lamb's Book of Life? You got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You got to believe that he died for you, that he shed his blood for your sins, that he paid the price just for you. That that hardship that, that you are enduring right now, that it wouldn't be as hard. Didn't say it wouldn't be hard, but it wouldn't be as hard. Why? Because you have Jesus who is your strength helping you to be able to overcome every trial and tribulation that comes your way. So if you're ready to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior right now, I encourage you to say this prayer of salvation with me, with your hands lifted up. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I need you in my life and that I am a sinner and I have fell from your grace. But Jesus, I ask that you forgive me every one of my sins. I ask that you come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I believe that you saved me. I believe to die for me. So Lord Jesus, cleanse me, wash me, make me whole, renew my mind. I surrender my life to you and I will serve you for the rest of my days. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer of salvation, just that simple. It's free to you. Salvation. Guess what? You now have one reward. You now, the one, the reward that you have now, that you have eternal life. You have eternal life. 
There are other rewards that you will gain throughout your time, throughout your journey with Jesus Christ. But one thing's for sure, that you have a seat in heavenly places. That's powerful. Just by you making this confession, just by you saying that you have faith and saying that you believe in Jesus Christ, that you believe and you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Welcome into the family of God. Welcome into the family of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Your soul has been restored. And to those that may have had a relationship with Jesus Christ at one point in your life and this time, this trying time, you have experienced. This trying time that you have experienced you have allowed yourself to stray away from the things of God. You allowed yourself to step under, step from under God's grace. But guess what? You still have breath in your body. And because you still have breath in your body, it's still another, you still have more time to get right with him, to get back under God's grace, to get back into right standing with Jesus and accept them back into your heart. As your Lord and Savior, if you repent right now and ask the Lord to forgive you, say, Lord, I'm sorry. He will forgive you and wipe the slate clean for you to start off fresh. So I encourage you to say this prayer rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize, God, that I need you in my life. Once again, I allow myself to step from under your grace, allow myself, God, to walk away from the things of God because of the trials and tribulations that I had to endure. But Jesus, I realize it is harder without you than it is with you. So Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life. God, be my Lord and Savior once again. Forgive me for ever turning my back on you. I thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance to get it right. And I surrender myself to you for real this time. I make a decision right now that I'm not turning back, but I'm moving ahead. And I thank you, Jesus. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When you pray that prayer of rededication, guess what? Glory to God. You have been forgiven. Jesus has. Oh, God. God has forgiven you. And Jesus is once again your Lord and Savior. And I encourage you to forgive yourself because one thing the enemy likes to do is to try to remind us of our past and try to consume our minds with things that we have done in our past. But God is wiping a slate clean for you. So there's no need to worry about what you did yesterday or even a few minutes ago. You repented. God has forgiven you. Now forgive yourself and move forward. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, guys, I pray that again that you are blessed and encouraged by um, this word this evening. Please follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect on Facebook under I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated and on Instagram, I underscore am imperfectly perfect. And then our podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more is available. This live podcast will be available to you tomorrow um, once it's uploaded. So please look out for it. Look out for any events that we will have in the future. Don't know exactly when, but 
I know that the Holy Spirit is leading for me to start that back up. But when that happens, please look out for that. So I love you guys so much. Also, one of the, one last announcement I want to make is that this our live podcast will start being live on our imperfectly perfect Facebook page. No longer will it be live on my personal Facebook page. It will now be live on our imperfectly perfect Facebook page. And this is instructions that God gave me. So I'm going to do it there. I'm still going to share it on my personal page. However, it will be live on Imperfectly Perfect. I am Imperfectly Perfect's Facebook page. So please, whatever you do, make sure you are following. Make sure you're following I am Imperfectly Perfect. Also, share the page with your friends, with your loved ones. Share that page so that when we go live, they will be able to get to notification as well to be able to keep up with our podcast. So I love you guys so much again. Be encouraged, be uplifted. Until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a great night.